Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on this Thursday afternoon as he is with us every afternoon. For JP better or worse. Um, for better, for worse. You know, today there was a little bit of a fairy tale, I, I have to say this, in baseball postseason. Mm-hmm. The, the, the little David beat the huge Goliath. Mm-hmm. And the angels in, uh, in Southern California are, are crying. <laughs> We're talking about the dodging angels, that is, not the California ones, right? And a bit of a surprise. Also just goes to show that you can, ne- you can never can tell, as we say. There you go. The, about that who's going to win or not, right? Yeah. So now it's wide open. It's going to be interesting. Next team to get spanked might just be the Yankees. There you go. And uh, yeah, and talk about talk about Goliaths, right? Especially Absolutely. financial Goliaths. Absolutely. Go. All right, but it wasn't such a fairy tale on the markets. The SDI was down before the lunch break was over. Mm-hmm. Is it still down? Yes, we're still in the red. More than the losses today, because really they're not huge losses. We're just down by about five and a half points. That's mm-hmm. nothing. I wouldn't say that's a, you should be breaking the glass in case of fire here. There, it's it's, it's just a slight slip. I think what's more telling at the moment is the uh, C sawing last 12, 18 hours that we've seen in terms of the news feed regarding the U.S.-China trade talks. So mm-hmm. um, yesterday afternoon, the South China Morning Report, Post reported that uh, Chinese officials or sources close to the Chinese delegation told them that there was a good chance that Vice Premier Liu He might cut his trip short and even leave or head straight back to Beijing after the first uh, day of talks. Right. At the end of that, and they and you had Chinese state media playing up the fact that you know maybe we don't think there's going to be much progress with these talks mm. and send us back uh, trading down, right? So that kind of uh, de- depressed markets a bit. And we also heard later on, early evening, early last evening, l- last evening that. Um, China might be open to a partial trade deal. So you wake up this morning, you see U.S. futures trading down. Mm-hmm. You see uh, a number of these of, of sentiment across major global markets coming down a bit. The White House denying that report, saying that's hogwash. There is no, nothing to our knowledge that there are no plans, according to our knowledge, that uh, Liu He is going to be leaving anytime soon. And you also have these reports now from other sources, such as Bloomberg, where they're saying that the White House might actually be open or the Trump administration might be open to reviving a a previously agreed currency pact with China, which they say might be part of an early harvest deal, meaning meaning that if they are able to agree to a currency pact, then they might even suspend next week's tariffs. So that obviously seen as good news from the market. Right. Like, yeah, you know what? This may is this the start or the makings of a potential interim or partial trade deal as what Beijing wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you you have a lot of this news feed and also news that uh, apparently the Trump administration is willing or open now to issuing certain licenses to supply nonsense goods to Huawei. This according to a report from the New York Times. So you've got different angles and different uh, updates from these, these reputable news sources. And uh, it's really left markets a bit in the tailspin. So on one hand, you want to hope, but do you really want to hope, so mu- uh, hope too hard or hope too much that the, this, the, these talks might end on a good note? At the end of four, four years, and this mm. is why markets have been have been whipsawed at the moment. When you look at U.S. equity futures and we look at S and P five hundred futures before the Wall Street update every night on prime time, um, in the last eighteen hours, you've seen four moves of plus one percent, minus one percent. Mm-hmm. Over that course of over that period, and mind you, the S and P five hundred tracks about twenty four trillion dollars in terms of equity investments. So I mean, it's 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 quite the uh, it's quite the important barometer. You, you've probably seen the VIX index also go up significantly. 
And it just uh, it just shows you how muddled or how hazy the, the picture is. Yes, there is room to hope because of the potential of an interim trade deal. But then you've got all these other reports that are saying, you know, both sides aren't really um, aren't close to that aren't close to achieving anything or coming to a consensus. The Chinese delegation might leave early. And oh, by the way, U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross on a trip to Sydney, Australia today has said that he thinks that the, the tariffs are working and actually making China come to the negotiating table. So those are fighting words from yet another Trump official. So while you're seeing signs of uh, seeing both sides potentially coming to an agreement and news uh, news that points at a potential interim trade deal, all bets are off because while you've got some of these more um, sensitive or more uh, bold or brazen men from the Justice Department, from the Commerce Department in the U.S. speaking out, this could easily ruffle ruffle feathers again from on the side of Beijing and could prompt Liu He to say, well, if you guys want to keep insulting us on the way in, we might as well head out, uh, take this as a, as a reason to detour our way out of the White House and back to Beijing. We don't know where it's going at the moment. And I think this is why also trading volumes are down. Well, my takeaway from all of this is don't expect too much and you won't be disappointed. Mm, I mean, always uh, set your expectations low, but I think that's, a, that's generally, would you say that's I've been same? married for 24 years. I've learned to set my expectations exactly. low. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, that is um, out of left field. Is, is, are you sure that's coffee in the in, in your mug by your right hand side, Miss Montego? Benson? So, um, uh, but y- y- yes, you you should probably set your expectations low, and uh, until we get some clarity. Yes, there's hope to uh, there's reason to be hopeful, but don't get too carried away. I guess. And Although this is what, Trump did greenlight um, some sales to Huawei, that's what I meant. I mean, this is the one thing the license like, is for you know, non-sensitive on the, goods. Yeah, and this could also be a tactic on the part of the Trump administration to keep the delegation from Beijing off off their off off guard or off off kilter. Mm. Because on one hand, if you're not a seasoned negotiator, uh, you might look at it and say, "Wait, or do you want to make a deal, or don't you want to make a deal?" Because I'm getting mixed signals here. And by the way, gentlemen, we all know about mixed signals. right? Right, especially us single folk out there. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's okay when you make snarky yes. comments like that. <laughs> Absolutely. But the thing is, I know when to stop my snark comments and they're not directed at somebody who is oh, I call my significant other, right? But regardless, I do want to point out that this isn't the first uh, rodeo or this isn't the, this isn't uh, China's first rodeo. These are very seasoned negotiators as well. I, I, I wouldn't be sure. You know, the fact that we're pointing this out, I'm sure that Liu He's thinking is that, yep, I think I know what's going on here. And now the question is, well, how are you going to approach it? How will you proceed because you well know, if this is a poker game he's got his chips yeah i know and uh would be nice to see what what cards each side is holding right and well i don't think that is something that we'll be privy to unfortunately unless <laughs> you can turn yourself into a fly yes but it is an interesting time um th- those trade negotiations are set to start in a few hours no? yes that would be tonight um uh, i'm not entirely sure about it i'm sure it, I, I believe it's around sometime in the morning of eastern time so about 9 p.m 10 p.m we might be getting to the first uh the first snippets of what of uh, of of uh, or the first uh, updates at least from the face to face between tra- trade representative Robert Lighthizer, Vice Premier Liu He, and also on the other side uh, tag teaming with Robert Lighthizer as Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. So we'll get those. And uh, mind you, there were also some reports from other news outlets that said that the deputy level trade talks, which were meant to set the table mm-hmm. and were being conducted over the last couple of days, didn't re- really yield any progress. So. Depends on who you read and who you follow. Do you do you want to take the South China Morning Post's uh, reports to heart? Do you want to believe in the New York Times saying that, you know, the the U.S. has issued these licenses for to supply non-sensitive goods to Huawei? Do you believe the Bloomberg report where they're saying there might be an interim trade deal if they get to a currency pact? Or do you take all of this as a mosaic that, sh- that says, you know, everything is still kind of up in the air? But there is reason to be hopeful, at least, even though it's still 
not very. Uh, it's not a firm reason to be hopeful. Well, it's certainly going to uh, keep markets today on, on their, their toes. toes. It's like, uh, do you dare bet that there will be a deal, or are you just going to sit on those sidelines and and wait for more indicators? Hmm, I think so, and uh, I think that's also why you're seeing uh, volumes, at least here in Singapore. I haven't checked the trading volumes across the region. Mm-hmm. Pretty thin. You're talking about three hundred seventy and a half million Singapore dollars in total value turnover today. So I think uh, folks here are even saying, look, guys, just tell us when you're done talking and, and, we'll, and we'll figure... And, and what uh, you talked about. And what you talked about, because that's also going to be the more important thing. But you know, there, there are signs that maybe there is some hope that, that maybe those both sides will come to that partial trade deal, which is actually the most that m- many would have hoped for. And I think it would, be, would have been... Would have... Uh, been would have exceeded expectations if they even come to an interim trade trade deal or a truce or a ceasefire. Right. Okay. Well, that is the U.S.-China trade war closer to home, Hong Kong and their ongoing protests. How is that affecting the Hong Kong dollar? Well, today the Hong, the Hang Seng first. We'll look at that. The Hang Seng is up by about 0.4 percent. So they're even looking a little hopeful heading into the uh, markets. Look, whatever happens with markets in Hong Kong, you always see them bounce off of these technical supports. They are down year to date when you look at the Hang Seng. So let's address the Hong Kong dollar today. If I can just pull that up for some of our uh, some of our listen, listen, listeners, if you look at where the Hong Kong dollar is now, it's trading at about 7 spot 84 to the US dollar today. It is just a it's a it's a little bit flat, just a little a touch weaker today, but not by much. So the idea here is that when you look at currencies and you look at economic uh, uncertainty, downturns, headwinds, generally one of the first asset classes to react is the currency. Whenever you see signs of uh, of, uh, of economic weakness, generally you see uh, the the cur- currencies tend to show some weak show signs of heading south, such as say Brexit negotiations hitting the, the British pound. Um, say uh, a downturn in Europe hitting the euro and whatnot, U.S.-China trade tensions hitting the Chinese yuan. So, of course, with all this uncertainty and unrest in Hong Kong, the question is, is it time to short the Hong Kong dollar? Well, there are a lot of reasons why it might actually be a bad idea. In fact, one of the more prominent uh, short sellers in the Forex markets from from the UK, I forget forget his name now, but we did talk about it a few weeks ago. He did point out that he's tried it before and he's failed. And I do also want to point out that in history, when the currency crisis hit Singapore in the 90s, I believe you were just fresh out of college then. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, um, you're still trying, aren't you? I know. And so, uh, but remember that though he made a killing on many ASEAN countries, one of the places where he got really burnt hard was in Hong Kong. And uh, at the moment, um, a number of these uh, other currency traders and and hedge fund managers have actually pointed out that the Hong Kong dollar is very resilient to these protests, actually, and that the Hong Kong policymakers don't have to worry about the worsening protests that's creating a run on the currency. I do want to point out also that Hong Kong happens to have one of the largest currency reserves in the world. If I'm not mistaken, it's around, it's in the, it's almost half a trillion Hong Kong, uh, half a trillion Hong Kong dollars, almost around that area. So if they wanted to defend the currency, and this is also a legacy of that 1997 currency crisis, mm-hmm. right? A number of these uh, ASEAN countries from Thailand, Malaysia, Philippines, we all started stockpiling our currency reserves because we sure. said, well, we've got to be able to defend it should something like this happen again. Sure. Hong Kong kind of did the same thing. They started really dri- driving that up. So, 
but because of that, they think actually that the Hong, the Hong Kong dollar might see some weakness, but they're not going to you don't bet on them crashing anytime soon. So if you're looking to try to short Hong Kong, and I'm not advocating that you should, because it's not, it's not nice. nice to advocate uh, to advocate a you know profiting from someone's misery. But if you're a short seller and you're looking to try to at least uh, you better have some very quick, very you deep better pockets. Have some deep pockets, and you have to be prepared to take on some loss because this is one very. Uh, it's a very resilient currency to bet against. And, and uh, it's a fight that they're scrap, willing to take yes, to Yes, and, uh, and it's it reflective also of the spirit of protesters in Hong Kong. They're very resilient. Very, it's a very hard-headed and stubborn and resilient currency that uh, won't give up without a fight. Be careful if you're thinking about doing that. And stick to, your, stick to simpler strategies, I think, would be, would be the moral of the story here. What would that be? Betting on baseball? Um, uh, judging, <laughs> judging by what we've seen with regards to upsets and, and, and how gleeful you are, maybe not. <laughs> so, yes. All right, now, back home on our shores, DBS is our biggest bank. They've been doing really, really well, and now they're interested in making an acquisition. Yes, they are, but uh, they, it, is, it is raising some eyebrows and has uh, some analysts scratching their heads. Now, DBS, as we know, named the world's best bank by... by uh, by uh, world's best bank, and mainly, and they and when asked why, it's because they are at the forefront of pushing the digital of pushing digitization. They are one of the leaders in terms of a, of incorporating digital practices into their banking business model. So, according to City Investment Research, their move to acquire Indonesia's Bank Permata it might conflict actually with their strategy of building out a digital banking space, because we know in in Indonesia this uh, Bank Permata is known for is. Uh, it will give DBS, if they acquire them, a significant brick-and-mortar structure there. But if you're going through a digital push, going brick-and-mortar kind of goes against or contradicts your digital push also. It conflicts with the strategy of building out a digital banking uh, infrastructure to capture opportunities in Southeast Asia. So why they're spending so much and why they're going to spend this much to acquire Bank Permata is something that's befuddling the folks at City Analyst. Robert Kong has said that uh, Bank Permata might be a mid-sized Indonesian bank and could boost their assets and distribution presence in any of the three in the, in the Indonesian operations. But then it will involve a lot of cost synergies and could run conflict to DBS's move to become more and more a digital bank. So the jury's still out as to whether or not this is actually going to uh, to help DBS. I'm sure that there's uh, something deeper with regards to the management thinking out at DBS to why they wanted to get this. But uh, from the outside looking in, it does it doesn't seem like a very it it, it seems it, it it's hard to comprehend where 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 the compatibility is with regards to this move. All right, rest of the day, JP. Day is going to be a wait and see day. I think that's what's going to happen. And, and uh, you, again, it, it, the more time I spend in Singapore, the more I, I notice that the investors here aren't – they're definitely the more skeptical of the major Asian markets. Mm-hmm. Whenever people tend to, uh, tend, to, tend to rise or on the surge or jump into the pool, we tend to, we tend to just dip our toes in and go like, Wait, are you sure it's cold enough? Are you sure, are you sure it's nice enough to get in there? Maybe we'll, we'll wait a bit. Maybe we'll wait a bit. Even in sell-offs, yes, we have seen big sell-offs, intraday sell-offs mm-hmm. here, but nothing of the like of, say, say Japan or, say, mainland China. It's, it's usually relatively measured. So I have, I'm uh, judging from my biases and how I see Singaporean behavioral investing at the moment. I don't think you're going to see much of a move. And I don't think you're going to see – I think you're going to see these losses maybe capped to maybe seven, eight points at the most. We mm-hmm. might, Yes, I think we're going to close in the red today. But until we get more clarity on these U.S.-China trade talks, this very 
trade-dependent and very trade-sensitive economy is going to stay a bit on the sidelines and just peek out and go, well, are you guys done duking it out? Or are you guys, have you guys come to the decision? Or is there a round three? Is there, or will there be a round three, four, or five? And we just... and. But honestly, I think if they just agree that, yeah, you know, we didn't agree to anything, but we're going to meet again next month. I think that, that would, be would already viewed, be a win. That could be viewed as a mini win, a small mm. win, extending the series. You right. know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, finally, a baseball reference from JP. Oh, yes. Well, not just baseball. That's a sports reference. Overall, <laughs> right. All right. Tomorrow we are taking the show on the road, um, which means that if you ever wanted to know what it was like to do market view rap, you can actually come and watch us do it live. We're going to be at Guaco Tower Basement 2. Jeff Howie from the SGX, strategic market analyst from the SGX, will be joining us tomorrow. And that'll be kind of fun. Mm, I think so. I wonder if he'll wear a suit again tomorrow. Uh, probably. I mean, he will be coming from work. But then again, it is, it is a they Friday. They do dress pretty well there, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but it is casual. It could be, they could have a casual Friday uh, policy. I don't know. If folks at the SGX, tell us. Wait, what do you think? <laughs> well, if you want to find out for sure, then you can drop by Guaco Tower Basement 2 around about the time that we do Market View Wrap and, and see for yourself. It's been JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero, your Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.